Hello and welcome to this podcast series of the first 50 years of the history of the American Republic. I'm Chris McKenna and I'm here with my co-host Kathy Conroy. Hi Chris. In this podcast we're going to talk about the presidency of John Adams. Washington will leave office in March of 1797 and thus elections are taking place in the fall of 1796. There now exist two primary political parties, each aligned around their philosophy regarding the new federal government. However, true political parties as we know them today have not been completely organized. Thus, we do not yet have a political party offering a candidate for president and vice president on one ticket. That system will actually begin in the next presidential election. The current system for electing the president is simply the person receiving the greatest number of electoral college votes is the president and the second highest vote getter is the vice president. Adams is elected president with 71 electoral college votes and Jefferson is elected vice president with 68 electoral college votes. At this time Adams is the de facto leader of the Federalist philosophy. He's an advocate for a strong national government. Jefferson is the leader of the Democratic-Republicans. He's an advocate for an effective federal government, but with strong states' rights. Thus, Adams and Jefferson are at odds. At the end of Washington's second term, America signed the Jay Treaty with England, which helped to allay tensions between the two nations and stop Great Britain's seizure of American trading ships during their war with France. Washington was always adamant about remaining neutral in the war between Great Britain and France. Now the French Revolution has removed the King of France and Adams is concerned the new French government is going to be exporting their political ideas to the young American nation. France becomes very upset with the United States over the Jay Treaty. Their interpretation was that the United States, by signing this treaty, was not neutral and that the treaty further enhanced certain trading relationships between America and Great Britain. As a result of the Jay Treaty, France broke diplomatic ties with the U.S. in 1796 at the end of Washington's time as president and started seizing and harassing American trade ships. Shortly after his inauguration, in May of 1797, John Adams forms a three-person delegation to go to France with the goal of getting our relationship back on track and having the French stop interfering with our trade ships. The U.S. delegation arrives in France in October 1797 and the French foreign minister initially refuses to meet with them. French officials then contact the U.S. delegation and tell them they want an apology for some insulting remarks made by Adams. They want loans to the new French government, and they want some bribe money paid to the French officials as a prerequisite to the delegates meeting with the French foreign minister. These French officials also insinuate that war between France and the U.S. would happen if their demands were not met. The U.S. delegates do not comply with these demands, and in March of 1798, Adams receives an update on their mission. At this time, Adams only gives a partial report of these events to Congress, as he didn't want to get drawn into a war with France, 
and still thought the U.S. might be able to negotiate with the French. Even at this time, some Americans were already calling for war with France. When all the details of the delegate mission to France were eventually given to Congress in April of 1798, most Americans were outraged and it became much harder for the Americans who traditionally had supported France to continue to support our relations with the French. This is commonly known as the XYZ affair. This situation with the French, where they continued to seize our trade ships and kidnap our sailors, resulted in two key actions during the Adams presidency. One is military, one is legislative. The military action, Chris, was that in May of 1798, Congress establishes the Department of the Navy and Adams appoints the first Secretary of the Navy. Adams is given authority by Congress to order the U.S. Navy to seize French ships if they harass American merchant ships. And Congress gives Adams the authority to establish a 10,000-person militia in case the U.S. should end up in a war with France. Legislative actions that took place were the series of four bills passed in June of 1798 known as the Alien and Sedition Acts. The Adams presidency is most remembered for the Alien and Sedition Acts and the huge controversy surrounding them. It's important first to view these bills in the context of the political thought at that time. Adams and his Federalist colleagues were concerned the French immigrants would bring their new political viewpoints to America. They were concerned that many of these ideas would be disruptive to the young government and potentially create the same chaos characterizing the recent French Revolution. And from a practical political viewpoint, the Federalists were concerned that these immigrants would become aligned with the opposing party, the Democratic Republicans, who had historically viewed the French in a more favorable light. Adams and the Federalists would defend the Alien and Sedition Acts as important for the safety of the country and to stop the potential for foreigners interfering in the American government. The opposing Democratic-Republican Party viewed these acts as quasi-tyrannical and the federal government giving itself powers that were not provided to it under the Constitution. Collectively, here's what the Alien and Sedition Acts did. One is they increased the required residency from five years to 14 years before one could become a citizen. Next, they gave the president the power to identify and deport any alien he thought dangerous to the safety of the country. They also allowed for males who were subjects or citizens of another country hostile to America to be deported. Thus, if the U.S. got into a war with France, we could deport all the French men. And finally, these acts made American citizens subject to a fine of $2,000 or imprisonment for two years for obstructing the implementation of any federal law, but most significantly for also writing, printing, or publishing any malicious or false writing against Congress, the president, or the government.
This was part of the Sedition Act. This act was given an expiration date just before the end of Adams' presidential term. The Sedition Act was the first constitutional crisis in America, if you don't count the John Peter Zenger affair 200 years earlier. Jefferson and Madison were outraged by the passage of the Alien and Sedition Acts. Today, we would initially think Jefferson and Madison would argue that the Sedition Act violates your First Amendment rights to free speech, but that wasn't their focus in 1798. Rather, they were both concerned that the federal government exceeded the power granted to it by the Constitution. Remember, the Constitution was clear that all of the powers not specifically granted to the federal government were reserved to the states. Madison and Jefferson decided to deal with the situation by having resolutions passed by the Virginia State Legislature and the Kentucky State Legislature. Madison writes the resolution for Virginia and Jefferson writes it for Kentucky while he's the vice president. In these resolutions, Madison and Jefferson argue that the Constitution is in agreement between the federal government and the states and that the federal government exceeded the powers provided to it in the Constitution because the Constitution did not give the federal government the power to limit immigration and to limit the press. Therefore, the states, Kentucky and Virginia, were interposing itself between the federal government and the people of the state in order to protect the rights of the citizens of the state from being violated by the federal government. Jefferson, in writing the resolution for the state of Kentucky, goes even further in his wording and claims that the Sedition Act is not law, is void, and has no force. The state of Kentucky adopts this resolution in November of 1798, clearly stating that it reserves the right to override any federal powers not enumerated in the Constitution. This is the beginning of the legal concept of nullification. Well, Chris, while this quarrel over the Sedition Act is ongoing, our fighting with the French escalates, and the U.S. Navy captures its first French ship in February of 1799. In March of 1799, Adams sends a two-person delegation to France. This time, the French have agreed they'll meet with the delegates. Then in February of 1800, the U.S. Navy captures another French ship. So by September of 1800, the U.S. and France sign a treaty. France agrees it will lift its embargo on U.S. ships, and the U.S. returns the two captured ships to France. John Adams is the first president to occupy the White House. He moves into it in November of 1800, but loses re-election that very month, with Thomas Jefferson being inaugurated as the next president in March of 1801. Ultimately, the arguments over the validity of the Sedition Act never had to be resolved legislatively or judicially because it was scheduled to sunset just before the end of Adams' first term, and with Jefferson being elected president, there was no chance this legislation would ever be extended. So our first constitutional crisis was resolved politically with the sunset of the law. Some closing thoughts about John Adams and his presidency and some interesting facts. John Adams wrote the Massachusetts State Constitution 
and it remains the oldest constitution in use in the world. And although the majority of John Adams' presidency was consumed with the relationship and disagreements with France, Adams did support the use of national funds for improving transportation infrastructure, and he worked on standardizing the military by integrating the various state militias. And during his presidency, Congress also passed the Federal Bankruptcy Act and established the Library of Congress. And finally, John Adams was one of the negotiators in the Treaty of Ghent that ended the War of 1812 with the United States and Great Britain. And in our next podcast, Chris, we'll talk about the presidency of Thomas Jefferson.